week's action show is created by Jupiter Broadcasting. It's sponsored by Ting. Go to last.ting.com to save off your first device or plan. And DigitalOcean. Go to DigitalOcean.com and use the promo code Here's the Thing, all one word like you're slurring it, and spin up your own Linux rig for free. And Linux Academy. Go to linuxacademy.com slash unplugged and invest in your mind while saving some money. Welcome to the Linux Action Show, episode 466. My name is Chris. My name is Noah. Well, hello there, Mr. In-Studio Noah. It's good to see you. In fact, it's going to be great. We have three episodes counting this episode left of the Linux Action Show, and Noah will be hanging out in-studio all three. Well, actually, one of them is going to be at Linux Fest, so That's it'll right. be in-studio and live at Linux Fest. We have a great show coming up. If you're watching the video feed, you've already noticed there's some hardware sitting in front of us. We have a tale of laptop woes and laptop wins this week. It's... A bit of a treacherous path, but we'll walk you down what's ha- what's gone on, and we'll walk you through the hardware sitting in front of us right now. It's a pretty interesting story, and I can't wait to give you some of the uh, some of the things that we tried. Uh, also, we're going to talk about the larger context of canonical ending Unity. There is a human aspect to it that we've talked a little bit about in the past, but now we've got some possible numbers. We've had some big shifts and a few theories about where all of this is going. So we'll talk about that coming up in the news, as well as some big. Big features that I'm really excited about coming to the next version of the stable Linux kernel, as well as a few other little tidbits from the news. Then we'll get to the feedback and picks. But Noah, do you know what we're going to start with right here, right now? Not the picks? Nope, the news. Oh, okay. We're going to start with the news. We've been trying out different formats as we wrap up the show, and I I think people have been liking a little warm-up with the news. Okay. And I think there's probably a few things to cover that are worth diving into this week. There's... Maybe a few other things going on that uh, we can follow. We'll come up with if we have time. But I want to start. Uh, you know, my, my objection story. to starting with the news is I don't get to say the, the news. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I could say I the news. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Do you want to just? Do you want to just say the news just for? Just yeah, just, that would. Okay, go. The news. Yeah. Okay, now yeah, we can okay, start. Good. Okay, All right. great. Okay. So let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about what's going on at Canonical. We, of course, what do we really know? Not much because the folks who work for Canonical are have been extremely tight-lipped this entire time. They're not really sharing any details. So we just know either what people have shared with the press or what people have been dug, what people have dug up. But uh, this is coming from the register and it writes that the more than 80 workers at Canonical could be facing layoffs. And Mark Shuttleworth has taken back the role of the CEO. These are major changes. So uh, Jane Siebler, or Sibler, I believe, has been running it for about the last seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to join the board of directors, so she'll still be around, but Mark will be taking over the day-to-day operation at, in the CEO role. It looks like 31 more staffers have left presently with 26 others on formal notice I mean, these are some very specific numbers that the register seems to have here. I don't know how, I don't right. know how valid these numbers actually are. Um, boy, when you look at this, though, a couple of things that jump out at me as a really rough aspect of like the human side of this. In the UK, there's a process that you go through where you notify everyone at the staff of the intentions of the company, mm-hmm. and you notify them that there will be layoffs. And once you start that process. You have to notify them. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of like this swinging axe, like hanging over everyone's sure. head yeah. while they just go about their business for like the next month yeah. to find out if they're one of the folks that get laid off. Right. Like I like it in some sense because, you know, here in the States, you, especially in Washington where it's a, it's a right to work state, you could just one day find out you've lost your job. You're out of here. See you later. Thanks for working for us, depending on the employment arrangement. Yeah. So but at least there was no torture leading up to that. Yeah, I'm not sure which is better. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure which is better. But it, from a human side, that's, that's just awful. And if you think about it, if they if they had a lot of folks working on the Unity 8 and the mobile stuff, mm-hmm. 
and you're no longer doing that, like you could probably find a spot for some of those people. But the vast oh, yeah, majority right. are going to have to go. Well, and if you think about it, though, so what are those numbers again? You said thirty and thirty, basically twenty. So, so thirty have already thirty have already been let go. Right. I think is what the number. Let me. Uh, I'll, I'll reread it for you. So, thirty-one staffers have already left, and twenty-six others are on formal notice. Okay, so that's you know that's you know we're we're talking about roughly sixty. That so that's a little under ten percent of their employment base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whew. And I think weren't, weren't early projections as high as thirty. I wouldn't be surprised though if that's just what's been happening. If that's what's happened so far, because the way the rest I mean. of the article is stated here is, it looks like there's a process. That, that's starting. that's what I mean. That's where I'm going. I, I think they're high. I think they're. I think their initial estimates where they would they would do head cuts as high as thirty percent, and that's only ten. So I think I think this is just the beginning, which is kind of a yeah you know, it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, you know, I've I've thought I've been spending a lot of my time thinking about the story about boy how crazy this is going to be for Gnome. Like this is you, so many people will be working on Gnome now. And the other thing that struck me about this last night while I was just running this over again for like the hundredth time in my head mm-hmm. is now if you want to if you want to contribute to the canonical desktop to Ubuntu's desktop, you don't have to worry about the contributors' license agreement. <laughs> yeah, the contributor yeah. because you just because yeah. you could just go upstream to Gnome now. If you're working on something for the desktop, also, so the so it, the, that huge problem for for contributing to the desktop could be gone now. That's a big uh, deal. And honestly, I think that will largely help them because there was a lot of people I think that withheld uh, contributions to Unity specific things because of that uh, that uh, contu- contributor agreement. So yeah, yeah I, th- I think I think overall I think that will work out very well for them. Now, the other thing I was kind of chewing on is it, this to me seems sort of like. Um, well, if you if you keep history in mind, if you keep Mark's history in mind, uh, he he made his fortune by selling Thwart, right? So he he is not he is he's not opposed to selling something that he's built up and created. Yes. So if you just run run down the numbers, so uh, they bring in a consulting firm to do sort of an audit of Canonical. They look at everything and they tell them the bad news that everybody already knew but didn't want to admit. You've got a lot of redundancies here. You're focusing on mobile. It's an uphill battle. You're going up against Android. Meanwhile, you're winning big on cloud and you have hardware vendors today interested in your IoT solutions. Right. You really should be focusing on this, not focusing so much on the phone and on right. convergence. Everybody knew that. Nobody wants to admit it. Yes. So this professional company comes in. I've been there before when you bring in the outside firm to come in and do these kind of recommendations right. and it always leads to layoffs and changes so they come in they deliver the bad news everybody knows mark says okay i'm taking back over the ceo role jane thank you so much for your hard work for the past seven years she steps into the board and mark says here's the other thing we're going to do we're going to follow the recommendations of this firm and we're going to clean up house we're going to trim up the portfolio make things look nice and tight we're going to focus on the things that make us money the things the industry knows makes us money and we're going to keep out we're going to keep our toe in the desktop water but we're going to significantly de-invest in the desktop we're not going to roll our own desktop we're not going to create our own solutions for that mm-hmm. we're just going to ship upstream like we used to when we we are a smaller, tighter staff with less resources, so that way that takes less from us. And the only reason I can really think to do that is either he's completely given up on Linux on the desktop mm-hmm. or he's making a calculated move to try to reduce the liability and amount of work that takes so they're more attractive to a buyer. Right. Because you could easily sell to an Amazon, a Microsoft, uh, a lot of different – a Dell, a lot of different companies if you're targeting Internet of Things and the cloud because right. everybody wants a piece. Right. That's how you, – you get in cloud, you get money right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants it on that and storage and IoT. That's why I think Dell would be a great – Oh, yeah. Um, but anyways, I, it, to me, I don't know how to interpret this any other way because you look at it, it looks like Mark is tidying house to make it more attractive <laughs> for a purchase. Yeah, and I don't know what the – what you know, and the, he was specifically asked about that. Mark specifically was asked – 
you know, why are you making these changes? And he said it was just an experiment. It's just a it's just a, it's an exercise to become more attractive to buyers. But the question is, why would you practice that exercise unless you actually wanted to be attractive to buyers? And I think right now we're at a time when, you know, you mentioned Microsoft. That might make a lot of sense for them because you think, they, well, so they have the, the it also seems like it could. Well, I mean, back in the day, it would have backfired huge. Yeah, maybe not know, today. I don't know. You, you, they're they're desperate to get a hold of that developer market, and to bring those people back from the Mac onto Windows. And as what you're seeing is, as Apple continually screws up, those people are not going back to Windows. They're actually going further towards. Oh, I, Ubuntu. I don't think it's. I don't think they give two shits about the desktop market at all. I think it's all about the fact that Ubuntu ate their lunch on servers. I think. I think that's that's a that's a that's a long lost battle. I don't think that's coming back anytime. Yeah, but you buy Canonical, and all of a sudden, overnight, you're back in the game. Yeah, and the, you know, the interesting thing from that perspective is. If Microsoft does that, they position themselves instantaneously to provide to sell support for a thousand dollars a server, two thousand dollars a server, and people gladly pay that. I mean, I would probably look into the cost effectiveness of buying support from Microsoft for yeah. Canonical I mean, if they owned it. If I'm Microsoft and I look at the purchasing price of Canonical, I say to myself, "That's worth the licensing cost of just being able to ship Ubuntu in Windows VMs. Yeah. That's worth us just being able to have anything we want Ubuntu Azure." Um, so I, I could see it definitely, but I would not see them very interested in the desktop market. I would see them essentially say, well, we'll let the community continue to respin our servers release if they want, but we're not even going to bother repackaging GNOME upstream. Of, I think if Microsoft see, I think bought if them, if Dell was... bought them, Dell would still ship laptops and hardware. See, I think if that, I, I think I can agree to a point, but if you think about it, if that was the case, if they had no interest in, in, in pulling in that desktop market, why work on getting Ubuntu into Bash? I think they're interested in pulling mm, some. Of, enough, I think there's yeah, a market there, and I think they're interested in pulling some of those people back. And I think that might be a way for them to do it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because because the, there is there is definite there is definite appeal to running on your desktop, which you run on your server. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft knows that better than anybody because they exploited that with NT to get on. Right. I mean, so yeah, okay, maybe so. Either way, it seems like that could be a possibility. What's happening is houses getting tidied up mm-hmm. and getting ready to be sold. Because see, I'll give you this too. Like, uh, m- what made me think about this was. Shuttleworth didn't get into Ubuntu and didn't start Canonical to take over the cloud. Right. He he wanted to package and ship up a usable, nice, GNOME-based Debian desktop yes. for human beings. Right. And then he wanted to get into mobile and convergence, again, another consumer-facing technology right. to disrupt desktop-type usage. Yes. He's ne- I feel like their success in the cloud is, is definitely because of some strategic moves and partnerships that they've made and decisions – but also, in part, it's because they just made a really great Debian with a timely six-month release cycle, right. and then they came out with an LTS version, and it took off like wildfire on the server. And I don't mean to be insulting when I say this, but in some senses, Canonical fell backwards into success with the server. Now, I'm not—I don't mean yeah, to diminish, I, I when agree. They, but they made—you know—they obviously made moves to position themselves too. But right. it's sort of like they had success on the server despite the mobile efforts, despite the desktop efforts. What really took off was VPSs became a thing. Yes. And when VPSs became a thing, Ubuntu just exploded. And that success is not what seems to have ever gotten Mark all that excited. It was the desktop and then right. it was disrupting mobile. Yeah. And the cloud was like this way that they were financing those initiatives. Right. And so now that they're refocusing the entire company on cloud – and I guess maybe he's passionate about IoT, but you know all this stuff. While Mark's very smart and he's he's got a good head on the he's got a good head on his shoulders and he's got a good scope on the market mm-hmm. and he's very aware of the competitive landscape. It never seems to be his personal drive, so it wouldn't surprise me if he was positioning it for selling. So he gets it all leaned up, he gets it competitive for that market, and then he sells it 
that could be his mo, which which I'm happy about because really he has the the best interest of his users in mind, not you know big companies that are you know faceless companies that are deploying this stuff. He cares about the people like you and I who want to run this stuff and our other people who are passionate about you know Linux and Ubuntu. So I I think really. I prefer somebody like Mark Shuttleworth in charge of the project, and I think that you know we'd be worse off if a Microsoft or a maybe whoever bought maybe because if as long as they didn't screw with the basic formula, you could still have your Ubuntu Mates, your elementary OSs, yeah, your Ubuntu's, your your KDE Neons, like those all could still exist if Microsoft didn't ship an official desktop flavor. Yeah, that's true, and I think they would. I don't think they would kill it. They'd probably just do GNOME three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's mm-hmm. all right. Well, we've got a lot more to get into, uh, including another Ubuntu story and the kernel feature. I swear to God, I've been waiting for like three years for finally landing. But first, I want to thank Ting. Go to last.ting.com. That'll save $25 off a device if you don't have one. And if you do have one, CDMA or GSM, you get $25 in service credit. Now, that's sweet because this gives you an idea of what a value Ting is. Your average monthly bill is $23. Because it's just pay for what you use wireless. Minutes, messages, and megabytes. Ting adds them all up. Whatever bucket you fall into, that's what you pay. Plus, it's $6 for the line in Uncle Sam's taxes. Each line, $6. If you're a small business, this is a crazy great way to get connectivity for your team. And one of the really nice things about Ting is there's no contracts. There's no agreements, no service plans. You just pay for what you want, and then you turn it off. When we have people that come in for Linux Fest Northwest, it's not a big deal for Jupiter Broadcasting to light up in a couple extra lines for one month. I love it. So nice from a business standpoint and also from a family standpoint. Last.ting.com. Go there. Enjoy the benefits of excellent customer service. Instead of digging holes in the ground and fighting local laws and building towers, Ting's been able to invest in an incredible customer service infrastructure that works right there in their office, and they have an incredible dashboard. And this is a – this is such a nice thing for somebody like me because the only time I have time to take care of my cellular plan stuff is like at 10 o'clock at night when everybody's gone to right. bed and I don't want to call anybody. Mm-hmm. I just want to log in and use a great dashboard that just makes it simple, that isn't trying to hide, isn't trying to upsell. That's why I really appreciate Ting. And if I ever do get stuck, like the one time I was on my way over to Noah's and my MiFi went out on me, Ting just went above and beyond. It's, it's, I, I see I, – people tweet me like pictures of, of postcards that Ting customer service reps send them afterwards yeah. and stuff. They sent me a nice little um, – like a little bag kind of a thing the last time I bought a phone from them. And it, it was like – I actually use that bag for a lot of different things now. <laughs> it sounds like a silly thing, but it's actually kind of cool. That's nice, dude. So you know what? If you want to get a bag, go to last.ting.com and grab a device. Also, while you're there, if you're not ready to switch Ding but you just want to learn a little bit about maybe speeding up your phone and cleaning things up, a little spring cleaning for your smartphone – they got articles on that for internet phone and for Android on the Ting blog. Just do me a favor and start by going to last.ting.com. And thanks to Ting for sponsoring the Linux Action Show. All right, so we have some Ubuntu news. We have a little more Ubuntu news, and then we'll move on. So we have 17.10 release date. It looks like it's going to be October-ish, October 19th, if all goes as, as planned. Artful Aardvark is the name. That's not what matters, though. This is actually going to be the first release to ship with GNOME. It will not be the LTS. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. Smart move. I, I agree. I, sometime in, not in an LTS where you can work out some of the bugs. You don't yeah. want to make a major change yeah. in an LTS. I also don't know why, but I feel like this gives them more room to ship an LTS that isn't just stock GNOME. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a big GNOME fan, uh, I'll say this. Stock GNOME is – there's just no way. There's no way you can ship stock GNOME. Not not with the Edwadia theme. Not, not with no extensions installed. I just mm-hmm. don't see – Ubuntu doing that. So if they do 1710 mm. and they can do their stock gnome like everybody said and then they can watch all of the feedback 
and see all the little things people tweaked, all the little things people changed. Mm -hmm. They can take the most average, basic stuff from that, the most easy-to-support stuff from all of that, condense it down, and ship it in the LTS release. And that, I think, will be the sweet spot. And that's my prediction of what happens. Yeah, I agree. I think think that's a really great idea for them to ship it in 17.10. And the other thing is I'm excited to see what Ubuntu GNOME can offer – once it has the full backing of mm-hmm. Canonical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that many more users looking at bugs and right. that many more users creating themes. Like you're already right. seeing way more themes in the last few months. In fact, also OMG Ubuntu totally stepping up to the plate since mm-hmm. this Unity news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey's busting it over there, writing a ton of good stuff. He's like, so let's take a look at this. So I'm just at the OMG site right here. Mm-hmm. Besides the typical news stuff that he has, uh, he's got a whole bunch of stuff like if you're coming to Gnome for the first time because you're hearing all this news mm-hmm. and you want to try these things out. He's got uh, he's got this great uh, flat fork of the ambience theme for GNOME right here. Nice. He's got this article on uh, making Qt apps feel at home on GNOME. Uh, it just all, he's got the coverage of the KDE fans that are trying to get Canonical to ship Plasma instead. <laughs> I look at this. I mean, he's posting a couple times a day right now, mm-hmm. like three posts on Friday. I mean, Joey is hustling over there at OMG Ubuntu since this news, and I've been finding but, it a, a really great resource. Yeah, that's really great, especially for people that maybe have have. They downloaded Ubuntu and they just kind of stuck with Unity. And so the concept of known there, what is this known? Yeah. What is changing? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. yeah. And OMG Ubuntu is a great outlet to cover all that stuff. And it's a, if you think about it, it's going to be way more stuff for OMG Ubuntu in a sense because you have the yeah. entire GNOME community worth of stuff now. Right. Uh, all right. So this is the feature I've been, I've been waiting for for a while. Don't make fun of me. It really makes a difference. I know a lot of you have made fun of me before when I've talked about this. But uh, the BFQ IO scheduler is queued for Linux 4.12. BFQ has been in development for years now. It's the budget fair queuing I.O. scheduler. So this is the little bit of Linux code in there that manages the priority and I.O. disk queue. So uh, you can actually, under Linux, change the I.O. scheduler on the fly. And by default, Linux ships with the completely fair schedule. Mm-hmm. Pretty great. It's fine. I actually don't think it's, an, I don't think it's a scheduler designed in the SSD age. Now, this is my personal opinion. I'm not saying that's actually the truth. My personal opinion is if you've ever noticed like you launch Chrome and you launch the terminal and sometimes something's a little stuttery or mm-hmm. things take a little bit longer to load than they maybe did under Windows, mm-hmm. that, in my opinion... Mm-hmm. Is the completely fair schedule scheduler because when I switch with switch out to BFQ, mm-hmm. totally different performance for application loads. Uh, you don't you won't have a huge all of a sudden sudden disk I/O completely slow down X. I don't know if you've ever noticed right. that. Where, especially if you're on spinning Rust, you really notice it on spinning Rust where a lot of disk I/O can just lock up the UI, like right. even just like maximizing a window or closing a program that you know is causing the lockup. Yeah, BFQ resolves a lot of that the way it handles disk I/O scheduling. In fact, I'm not the only one that thinks this. Manjaro's been shipping it as the default I/O scheduler now for like a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people switch it out. So BF scheduler has been in in the works for a while. So I've tried it on and off. It won't be the default scheduler, but it'll be really easy to turn it on. There's also a couple other schedules, uh, NOOP and Deadline Scheduler. I know this is I'm getting in the weeds here with this, uh, but I find it to be I find it to be really fascinating, and I even I even did a little breakdown of why I like it. If if you're if you're curious, mm-hmm. uh, so the BFQ scheduler has a low latency is a low latency scheduler, which is great for interactive interactive applications. So basically anything in X. It has low latency, soft real time application support. It has higher speed for like things that do a lot of little file access, like building uh, an application. So if you build things from the AUR or you're a developer, it supports higher throughput disks. Uh, I think better. This is my opinion again. Right. Than the completely fair. Um, and it has something that I'm not familiar with, but it sounds sounds fascinating. Delayed bandwidth guarantees. 
So like if you're willing to, hey, bro, I know what you need is not urgent. So if you can hang on for five milliseconds, I'll hook you up with a full bandwidth access. And it's like I, I don't exactly understand how it works, uh, but I, I find it to be fascinating. That part of it. That's the one part I just like, that's over my head. But, geez, that sounds genius. Anyways, coming soon to a Linux kernel near you, version 4.12 won't be default. But it'll at least be baked in because right now you've had to patch or, mm-hmm. like, go get a special kernel from the AUR or use a distro like Manjaro. Sure. It hasn't been just um, – and, you know, Noah, just personal note, you know, the first time I ever tried it was on Fedora. Oh, tried really? Yeah. 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 That's, you know, that's the nice thing about using those bleeding edge distributions with remarkable stability is you can try out these new features and not have them blow up on you. Are you trying to trigger me right now? <laughs> You know, what, you know what triggers me? Triggers me with happiness, the uh, All Good Things t-shirt. So a lot of you asked. We're finally doing it. We should have done it sooner, but uh, for a couple of more days, you can go to teespring.com slash allgoodthings and get a commemorative last t-shirt, a special one-time going away logo edition. Tuck's looking very dapper with his beard and the 11-year runtime stamped to the, at the bottom of the logo. T-shirts, hoodies, long sleeve shirts. Grab them while they're, while they're still available. I think it's on sale until May 8th. Oh, nice! So you, yeah. could, you could get them at Linux Fest then. I, you might be able to. You oh, might yeah, be able. I've actually May there 7, was so. well, there was a batch that uh, I don't know if you'll get them that soon. You know, it depends on when Teespring ships. Right, right. Them. No, I mean you could order them if you came to Linux yes. Fest and let's say you're yeah. you know living under a rock for the last month. Well, look at Turth up. here. Turth, uh, Turth already got. I can't quite see the beard there, but uh, Turth uh, there in the chat room. Nice. He already got his. He was in the first batch. That beard go. looks great. I don't know. We should have thought. Why, why, why it took the Linux Action Show 11 years to figure out that a beard should be on Tux, I can't explain that. But now that it's happened, I feel like this is, this is, how, this is how Tux has to look. There you, you go. Can't take, you can't shave the, the – the, the world is now complete. Yeah, that's at teespring.com slash all good things for a few more days. Multiple colors. You know, no, you so often do black. You should do. do like a like a blue, maybe a purple. No, what no. about a red? No, I'm not doing a purple. What about a red? I have red. I have a red – I have a red uh, – my last uh, 200 uh, sweatshirt or whatever. You wear, I would think somebody from Grand Forks too. You'd wear hoodies. No, I don't wear hoodies. They're not very professional, you know. Yeah, that's well. That's that I is. Do, if you did, if you did polos, I do a polo. But I do it like a zip up. If jacket. Teespring did polos, I would do it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, every, I every now and then they do zip up jackets, but it's kind of sad because this is going to be like the last, last swag. This is like, yeah, yeah. It's like true. the last thing we're ever doing. So you there what? won't be an opportunity for us to do a polo. This is kind of yeah. it. Yeah. The, uh, no, it's kind of oh. sad. It's too bad we couldn't have thought of a T word to go after Linux Action Show. For last? Yeah. What about, uh, yeah. yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. No, Tuberculosis is a horrible <laughs> idea. It's a, it's a horrible Every time idea. I hear that, I think of that. That Never mind. What? It's a YouTube video, but I just, I, I, I did the calculation on how long it would take me to explain that story and then realized oh, yeah, it's probably realize. not appropriate. Abort, abort yeah, while you yeah, still can. Yeah, abort exactly. while you still can. But I'll show you afterwards. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. All right, so teespring.com slash all good things if you'd like to see that. And also check out Linux Unplugged. We'll have some more news coverage in Tuesday's episode of the Linux Unplugged program. But it's time for us to tell you the story of woes and wins with our laptops this week. We have an interesting tale of laptops. In fact, the two laptops sitting in front of us, if you would have asked us, Two weeks ago, if we would have ever even seen these laptops, we would have said no. No, it was deep down in the process and muck that we'll get to in just a moment. And I was lost in the woods. Um, I'm looking over at a graveyard. We'll get more into this graveyard as we go into the show. There's a lot to cover here. And then and then I'm going to give you the results after I've been using this $10,000 Dell laptop for a couple of weeks. A $10,000 Dell laptop with unbelievable specs. 
I'll tell you about all of that, too. First, I want to thank Linux Academy for sponsoring this week's episode of the Linux Action Show. You can support the show. There's no promo code required. You just go to linuxacademy.com slash unplugged. Somebody was in the subreddit just last night saying, what's the promo code? You go to linuxacademy.com slash unplugged. You can sign up for a free seven-day trial and support the show. It's a platform to learn about Linux and not just like the itty-bitty things like firewalling and the file system and partitioning, all of it, the entire stack, and even the big like corporate stuff that really makes you the money that really boosts your resume, like OpenStack and Azure and AWS, all of these services now that are built around Linux that the enterprise really uses. They have team accounts if you want to work in a group, and they're really active on social media as well. And the reason why I mention this is if you're following them on twitter.com slash linuxacademy.com, you'll find out that they're launching a new show called Ask Linux Academy. So if you have questions like a Q&A type stuff, they're going to have that. That's really cool. They have a lot of in-house talent, including in-house instructors that will answer real questions and all that stuff. Did you know, Chris, if you were to go to jupiterbroadcasting.com, click on the shows, choose your preferred show. Probably ask Noah. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, this actually, actually, in this particular example, that won't work. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Pick pick your chosen show. Did you know that all of the sponsors and their associated promo codes are listed there right under the show? In the show notes? In the show notes. So if anyone ever has a question, that question never comes up again for any show, except ask Noah because they don't have a sponsor at the moment. Any, Any other show, though. All the sponsor codes are listed right there. That's so. true. Linuxacademy.com slash unplugged. The reason why it's unplugged is I don't know if you've ever seen Mission Impossible, but they totally stole this idea from what happened. That's where they got that's where Tom Cruise got the inspiration. It was is from Unplugged? Yeah. Well oh, really? I, you see that hole right there in the studio ceiling? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I thought that was with the deaf children. No, no, no. I, I no, that's no, that's that was that was when we first moved in. I got them out of here. I came oh, I come okay. da- I came down in here. Uh-huh. Wes was sitting right there doing Linux Unplugged. Uh-huh. Boom with my Knocked him cold with my That's back good. and my elbow. Especially if you do at the front of it so it doesn't like bruise your elbow. No, I did this part. It hurt. Oh, that didn't get the funny bone. It hurt like a son of a I gun, I bet dude. it did. And then I grabbed the unplugged promo code, uh-huh. went up, and I brought it over to Linux Action Show because, honestly, uh-huh. it's such a great resource for the Linux community. It's such a great way to learn more about Linux. It's a great deal, and the company rocks. Like, they started it because they want to spread the word about Linux. They're Linux advocates themselves. So a seven-day free trial and supporting the show, you can't go wrong at linuxacademy.com slash unplugged. But you had to beat up one of the... Well, well, I mean, that's how you get these things from one show to the other. It's not with emails and business deals. It's <laughs> it's by coming through roofs and using ropes. And now, just tell me this: Did you at least go, you know, head first, like you were held up by your feet when you came through? Uh, well, it was actually more of like uh, around my crotch, and then it slipped out, and it was just really the sack <laughs> for a while, dude. And that hurt. <laughs> that hurt, man. But you know, I was really dedicated. I was really super dedicated to the audience. And so, uh, and it just, you know, the thing is, it's a stretchy material. So that's, uh, it worked out pretty good. And then I was able to just sort of think about something sort of like, like Pamela Anderson and it scrunched back up and it just pulled me right back up. Right <laughs> no, back you, up. here's what you did. You came to North Dakota and hung yeah. out with me for a week and I was on whoop. And while I was there, I watched your crazy, crazy drama <laughs> of trying to get a laptop. Now, as somebody who's bought a few, I guess like uh, you just decided it's time to get rid of the Skylake garbage, got rid of all your Skylake stuff and mm-hmm. then decided I should probably get a laptop now that I don't have any computers. <laughs> And uh, it didn't go so well. So it's funny. I started, I never used to buy new laptops. I bought every laptop I owned, including the last ThinkPad I had off of eBay. And then uh, you guys remember a couple months ago, I bought the 260 and I decided, well, I'm going to buy this one brand new. And it was a great experience. Everything worked out great. I was happy with it. And uh, yes, I decided to upgrade off of Skylake onto Cabby Lake. Cabby Lake, yeah. At Cabby Lake. Cabby Lake. <laughs> so when I decided I was going to upgrade, I went to this, this process. Now, the thing is, I ordered the day these computers came out. As soon as Lenovo... Uh, uh, 
announced that they were available to order. And I was in Japan at the time with my wife on my on my anniversary. <laughs> and so I'm literally sitting there and I had swore off any sort of technology. OK. And I told her, I said, I'm not going to do any technology. I'm not going to do any work. Except for. Except for I got a message from somebody said this computer came. I said, sweetie, you got to give me 10 minutes. I just got to order this real quick. Were now, you my, checking Telegram, Noah? No. Yeah, I was kind of on Telegram. But so so is she. So it was okay. Oh, okay. So I ordered this computer, and what it was was uh, it was sixteen hundred dollars. And what you got for that was sixteen gigabytes of RAM, a five twelve MVNE drive, ten eighty p IPS display, a backlit keyboard, fingerprint reader, smart card, a wired Ethernet port, a Type C charger and dock connector, three additional USB ports, and a traditional set style dock. In addition, two batteries. So I got a nine cell battery off the back, six cell battery in the front. Uh, no LTE though, and LTE LTE card. Yeah. Whoa! For so, how much? Sixteen hundred dollars. So I, I was very excited to see what the 1080p screen, 1080p IPS. Yeah. So I order the computer, and of course, despite Lenovo selling a bunch of computers in the United States, apparently we can't have any of them here. So they they build it in China because that's where the labor's cheap. That's apparently. So they build it and then they ship it from China, which of course that can't go anything reasonable. So it's like three and a half weeks later, my laptop arrives. Pull it out of the box. I'm halfway through filming a review about it, and I notice. The backlight on the keyboard isn't working. <laughs> what was the processor? Sorry, real quick. Is it i5, i7? i7. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, All right. 7 series. The only thing this is missing is dedicated graphics, but you don't care about that. So, oh, yeah. So, you're, so, so the backlight, that seems so like, that's keep, kind of a big deal because you probably use it in the dark yeah, a lot. I mean, actually. really, it was more of like the thing that's not what I ordered. Um, so, okay, fine. Contact Lenovo, which is like, and I contact Lenovo and I said, I want you to replace this computer. And this is where it started to go awry because the lady that answers the customer service says, sir, I can't, I can't help you with that. Um, there might not, there might, maybe you don't know how to use the backlight keyboard. I'm like, no, you don't understand. See, it's just function space bar. And like, there would be an icon for the backlight and there's no uh, backlight. Like it, the, the, the keyboard isn't backlit. It's very simple. And she's like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Do you you, don't. Can you be honest with me at this point? Do you bust out the lady? I own an IT company. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. Cause I usually, I find I get better service if I act stupid than if I try yeah. to. So anyway, so I told her, I'm like, listen, there's no backlit keyboard. It's very simple. I can show you pictures. The one that has backlit keyboard has an icon that says backlit keyboard. This one doesn't. So it doesn't. She goes, sir, I'm going to need you to contact technical support and get a support ticket. So she transferred for me to the. So they, they sell two SKUs, one with backlight and one without, and she still doesn't believe you. It's possible you got the one without. Right. Even though right on the box, it says keyboard English, not keyboard English backlit. Anyway, I get to technical support. That guy was really cool. I explained to him what's going on, and he's like, oh, well, hit function space. Does backlight come on? Nope. Okay. <laughs> it's either defective or doesn't have one. So goes back. They're going to send me a second computer. So fast forward another three and a half weeks, second computer shows up. Open it up, same problem. I do the whole thing all over again, and I told them, I said, I'm very upset, and they said, okay, well, we'll knock 15% off. Well, that's actually a significant amount of money out of $1,600 computer. I'll take 15%. Sure, go ahead and send me another computer. So they, they Meanwhile, you're using a $200 HP. $200 HP I bought off of uh, eBay, which has worked flawlessly. So during this time, during computer number three, I go to Dell. And I'm at Dell, and of course everyone makes fun of me because I show up with this two hundred dollars HP. And it I'm was like, actually it was actually pretty hilarious because we're in the we're we're not just anywhere at Dell, we are in the cafeteria where there's a bunch of staff walking around, and they're going they're kind of like because it's not it's not like a nice HP. I mean, it's okay. It's not a nice HP. It's a two hundred dollars HP it's, computer. It's an entry level HP computer, and we're at Dell, and so people are kind of looking at me or whatever. And it's everyone's kind of taking a crack at it. And the reality is, like the thing is, the 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 pure funny thing is, since two thousand nine, UltaSpeed has been a Dell partner. So we sell primarily Dell machines. It's not like I don't have any Dell machines, right? So, um, I so anyway, so the guy that's that's leading us there, Jared, goes. Do you need me to get you a Dell? I'm not turning down a computer. I'm like, yeah, I want you to get me a Dell. So he goes up to his office where he just has like stacks of these. And he's like, here, 
set this up for yourself. I'm like, oh, thanks. You can use it while you're here. I'm like, oh, that'd be great. So I'm setting up this. It was a Precision 53 something, 5020, 5320, something like that. So it's the. it looks like the XPS, except it's 15 inch and it's a Precision series. It says dedicated graphics, very nice machine. 24 gigs of RAM, I later found out. So I take this thing, I set it up, I'm using it, it's great. And then uh, we go to leave, and they said we could hang on to this little uh, XPS 13. Review unit I had a few weeks back. So I had taken this, and very early on I realized that the 15-inch was not going to work for me. The dedicated graphics wasn't going well uh, in Ubuntu Unity. It was getting this, like, ghosting thing. Yeah, I I had seen this. So, like, if he clicks on this, like, the system bar menu, like, Mm -hmm. for, like, shutdown or sleep or something, like, you would have a white border outline that is... Slightly like it's like five pixels over from the menu box, right? And it's just this super bright, like, White like the box. shadow gradient that should be there. If it was really long, it yes. would like if the color of it was inverted, right? Yeah, and so and and so that and that happens after suspense, so that wasn't really doing it for me. And then the 15 inch is a little too big for me, so I started moving more towards the 13 inch. And I thought, well, let's see, maybe I'll just cancel the Lenovo order and I'll just stick with this. So I sent an email to the Lenovo rep and I said, cancel my order. Um, and I'm just I'm going to look elsewhere. And so I start looking seriously at this 13 inch. Now, there's a couple of things that didn't work for me right off the bat. And again, I'm using 1604 uh, with Unity and the headphone jack doesn't work um, if I plug certain headphones in. I have one set of headphones that works with it. Everything else, it has that combo jack where it'll do a microphone headset. And so when you plug it in, it pops up and asks you, is it a headphone or is it a headset? No matter what I choose. I'd say 90% of the things I plug into this don't work. And I, I have got, got around that by just using my Bluetooth headset, which is good enough. So let me pause you right there for a second. Mm-hmm. So this here, so he's so he's been he's been running the latest XPS 13, the one that we did a review of mm-hmm. a couple of weeks back. It's got the i7 in it, and it's got USB-C. It's got USB 3. Uh, it's got about five hours, six hours of battery life, depending. It's got an SD card slot, slot reader. It's a nice light laptop. I'm holding right here if you're watching the video version. Um Running Ubuntu right now. So this was – so you went – so instead of going from the Lenovo, you were trying this since you had it as a review unit. Right, and I thought maybe I'll just buy myself one of these. Now, i got to ask you. There's a huge difference though between this one and – see, the, the I think the, probably the number one feature in some ways for, of the X270, the mm-hmm. Lenovo X270, is the Lenovo X270 has a full-fledged, honest-to-goodness, genuine, organically grown, locally sourced Ethernet port. Yeah. This so does not have any Ethernet I got, port. I, I, it was fine the entire time I was at Dell. It was fine the entire trip home. When you're on Wi-Fi. Then I got to work. And I one of the, I, I walked in. The first thing I did was I walk in. I didn't even think about it. I just had this in my backpack. And I walk into a client and they said, you know, X, Y, Z. Okay, fine. Oh, I just got re- to reset up some VLANs. No problem. So I walk back there and I walk back and I go, oh, I, oh yeah. How am I going to plug into that switch? Well, there's no, well, there's no corporate Wi-Fi. Okay, well, I'll run to Best Buy and get a USB dongle thingy for the Ethernet. Now they don't have them. Office Packs? No, they don't have them. Okay, I could order one off of Amazon. And they're a bit of a hit and miss. I've got a couple here. So I have this uh, I have this Anchor. It's a gigabit uh, USB-C um, Ethernet adapter. And one of the things I like about it, and it, your, your mileage will vary depending on your motherboard, USB-C, so it's bus-powered too. It has Ethernet gigabit, and it has three USB 3.0 ports. However, on some motherboards, when you hook up the Ethernet, the USB ports go out, or if you have Ethernet hooked up and you go to use USB, it disconnects the Ethernet. So it's really hit and miss with these adapters. So you'd be buying three or four adapters like I have trying to get it to work here's, right. Here's the other problem I really have. The other problem I really have, and I'm sorry if you guys are audio listeners, you know, since starting the SNL program, I'm more cognizant of that now. But this 
nonsense. Okay, it's, it's, this is not going to be a the, daily thing. The nonsense you. being that the dongle hangs another three feet off of your laptop, so you have uh, this thing three feet away from your laptop. And, and I'll tell you what, and I, there's a, there's a limit to how much I can do this on camera, but like this flex, it breaks. Is that is going to snap off in in one week of me using this every day? I mean, we do. So I give you an example. We're open from ten to six. Our service calls are you know are, are two hours spaced. So that gives you an idea how many different places I've got to take my laptop, and pretty much every one of them I'm plugging it in. It's just not a practical solution yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you your problem, unless you have more. Unless you have more observations. No, that, well, I had an issue with the trackpad too, but I can get to that in a second. Yeah, I did not. I did not experience that issue. So your issue with the trackpad is, for some reason, the touchpad gets to a point where it just thinks it's always depressed, and so it highlights everything or it scrolls. And the interesting thing is, if you just Google it, it that is not a problem specific. That's not a Linux problem. That is a problem with the XPS thirteen in general because people experience the same thing on, on Windows. I've so, never had that, and I've had two models of the XPS thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the uh, I don't know. But what I don't the, also use. I also very rarely use Unity. So the, I don't yeah. know. So and, and again, it's not a Unity specific thing. No, it's it works not on Windows. Not, okay. Yeah. So, but it apparently it's not an issue on Arch. Um. So I think what you're running into here is all of these. This is so. This is my problem, um, and this is a problem that I have I have struggled with when I was in IT, just doing IT consulting. It's mm-hmm. a problem now, and when I'm in media condu- production. Um, so right here in front of me, I have the uh, Precision 17 inch. It's the uh, it's the Precision 7720. And uh, no, can you tell the folks about the configuration of this machine just a little bit? So this computer has 64 gigabytes of RAM. It has 16 gigs of onboard video memory, dedicated graphics memory for the NVIDIA card that's in here. It's a 10 series. Has a 4K display. Yeah. Has a true docking port on it so he can actually yeah. connect a bunch of, uh, yeah. you know, a bunch of different monitors and stuff. It's a really great machine. In fact, we actually... there's. Did, the, did you mention the three... So two MVNEs and then one dedicated SSD. Right. And it's in a spring-loaded breakaway, so you just pop the bottom off, and then there's a little button, a little latch, and the SSD pops up, and you just pull it out. So you could put a spinning right. disk in there, another SSD in there. It's great for projects. Xeon processor, mm-hmm. ECC RAM, Quadro graphics, uh, DisplayPort, HDMI out, lots of USB 3 buses, Thunderbolt 3. It's a foldable desktop is what yeah. it is. And, you know, here's what – now, here's, so obviously this has Ethernet, right? So this is the other end of the spectrum yeah. of that XPS 13. And this is what I this – is, this is the point I wanted to make. So I've gone through a range of laptops. Uh, so here in front of me I have the – I have uh, the Apollo, the Apollo from Entroware. Mm-hmm. It's a 13-inch laptop. Can you hold that for mm-hmm. me? I've tried to make that work. Um, and then the other machine I have in front of me – oh, gosh, it's big. Also big like this, that, like this Precision. This here is the Bonobo, another huge laptop that I used at clients. I used mm-hmm. in production. You can take that for me. And, and then like sort Jesus. of like – I know. It's a big laptop. And then, and then the middle ground machine I've had now is this 2013 MacBook Pro, which I dual boot Final Cut OS and uh, Antigros on here. And this has been nice because it's, it's out of all of them. You know, it's, it's probably got the best yeah, – you got it. I'm sorry. Here, I'll, I'll set it down. I'll just set it. I'll set it over here. I got it. Just go, yeah. Not the garbage. Noah, don't put it in the garbage, Noah. Damn it. I, now I'm going to wipe that. I got to wipe mustard off that now. Um, I And that's sort of in the middle. And uh, that doesn't have Ethernet either. I, I have to tell you, I always end up having the most success just buckling down and saying, all right, self, just carry the big freaking laptop around. Just get a bag and just carry it around. I like, I like having the, all of the power and resource. I like having it. Uh, in a portable form factor. So when oh, I can you hold that up? Is that plugged into anything? No, it's it's on battery. Here, I'll, in fact, I'll uh, 
I'll close the lid so we can. So, in in true fairness, I mean that computer is probably five or six years newer than this one. But look at the look at the the the, the difference in, I mean, and maybe it's it's hard. It doesn't show up on camera what as much it? as it. This is thinner. Yeah, just well, thinner. Sure. And just yeah. you know, just yeah. uh, you know, it, it it's, yeah. it's 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 it a is. nice it's a nicely designed large machine. Uh, that, that's what I'll say about it. It's it's a really well designed large machine. Again, if you want to look it up online, it's the precision precision seventy seven twenty. Um, and I like the removable battery. Here's what here. So here's what I am getting. I get in a machine. I get a machine that isn't just getting work done. Uh, it's it really. I like all of the things about it. I like the removable drives. Right. That's great for project work. I like the built-in Ethernet on the back. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that it has a docking station. Um, and I I didn't. I expected it to be fast. You know, for a ten thousand dollar computer, yeah. I, I expected it to be to be pretty fast. I didn't expect it to be faster than my six-core i7, yeah. which also has 64 gigs of RAM, right. which also has two MVNE drives and mm-hmm. an SSD, which is which is all desktop components, including desktop graphics. Mm-hmm. I, I expected that to be faster. And this 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 laptop running Solus GNOME Edition mm-hmm. with the Impatience GNOME tweak, uh, GNOME extension turned on, mm-hmm. and all of the other choices that uh, they've made, it is it is it is. Phenomenally fast. Uh, I, I've I, I can't I can't even describe to you. And I tried, guys, for a couple of days. I you tried thought there was something wrong with it. That's that's it's so fast that you thought there was something wrong with yeah. it. You thought no, Chrome when was I installed crashing. Chrome. I I installed Chrome, and it when it when Chrome installed in in half a second, I thought, oh, it, it failed to install. It was so fast. Uh, it was just set up. Um, everything loads fast. It's it's so it's such a fast machine under Solus with no the Solus GNOME edition. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy fast. I could I could actually easily see replacing my main desktop with this, um, and I didn't think I'd say that about a laptop in a long in a long time. And I I think you should consider. I mean, I know this is so far on the other end of the spectrum, and you don't have to get seventeen inches, but yeah. I think you should consider dropping the small and light thing and going for. Like a five-year rig. See, really, what I want because you end up burning through these things in in, in, yeah. in nine months, a year. Yeah. But you could. This is a five-year rig, dude. What what I would Easy really like, you. what I would really like, and I, I really, I was really disappointed um, that that this didn't work out. But Dell used to make the Latitude specifically for what you're talking about. It was a mix between portable and light, and yet beefy enough that it had all of the features that you need wired ethernet port stuff like that and you had enough horsepower behind it and unfortunately i can't find a 13 inch latitude with a 1080p display i7 and with more than eight gigs of ram Mm -hmm. so and i'm going to work with the the, you know some of the people that we met at dell to see if there's maybe something that i'm not finding because they're the configuration things are kind of endless. i'll I'll tell you the bigger problem is uh i I, there's no way i could really advise any average consumer or home user to Mm -hmm. buy a machine like this i think it's for a lot of way, in a lot of ways, it's wasted on Linux. Um, like, there's not a single game I can max out that, <laughs> and that's all at 4K. Yeah, yeah. like um, all the games in my Steam library that are high end games, I installed them, set them all to max settings, mm-hmm. and I think the games themselves are not technically capable of maxing out the mm-hmm. hardware. The uh, other workloads I put under it, like the light video editing I did, or mm-hmm. the light work setting we did for mm-hmm. our Dell trip. Uh, also, don't the software is not sophisticated enough to tax it properly? Right, they don't properly this, utilize yeah, the hardware. Isn't that a great place to be though, where we have the the hardware where we can grow as an operating system and as software projects? Are you shitting me right now? Well, I'm just asking. I mean, isn't that isn't that kind of a nice thing that we <sighs> that the, that the hardware is Are above? You crazy? We, we're not reaching limits of hardware. Are you crazy? Maybe. So what you're 
I mean, that has got to be the biggest snow job on we are still not there yet. That's how I see it. See, that's my problem is this is why I see it differently than you because you see it in a, in a view where there's time for it still to catch up. I guess it, I don't have any – I don't have, I don't share your same concern though, right? Like I'm able to get the things that I want to get done under Linux. So I don't I'm, – I'm not running into those software limitations, right, right, which yeah. is part of it. I'm not a gamer yeah. though. You know? for, for me, it's like I'm getting I'm, – I, I, See, the thing is, is there is there is software and hardware combinations out there today that you can buy that do fully take advantage of the hardware, right? Uh, in a more competitive way, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like the software on Linux, either it be Lightworks or it be video games, mm-hmm. is optimized enough to take advantage of. I just, it's kind of unfortunate because we have a vendor now that's stepping up and willing to ship a ten thousand dollar laptop, mm-hmm. and we have system seven vendors like System seventy six that are willing to make something like the Galago Pro, which is like this right. ultra hip like uh, developer's laptop. Um, and the, yeah, they're fine for running text editors and web browsers, but the serious you got to go into like these crazy high end workloads that are like industrial size that are way beyond anything that most people listening to this show could ever get involved. Care about that though? That's what that's who Dell built this for. That's yeah, why yeah, they're shipping I, yeah. this to the yep, yep. those scientific communities. Yeah, it's just it's it's interesting when you get when you get so much hardware, you throw it at a problem, and then you look at it and you go, well, it's only using two cores at sixty percent on each core, and the GPU is barely being even pushed. Yeah, it's just disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, but it, route, it depends on. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, it definitely depends on your workload because there's obviously there's some workloads that are gonna they're gonna push it. So to wrap up the story, I have looked at every possible. I've looked at HP. I've looked at Dell. I've looked at Lenovo. I am searching for a laptop that has all of the specification: 16 gigs or more memory, 1080p IPFS display, a wired Ethernet port. Uh, you know, backlit keyboard. You know, that's 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 and, and a 512 or bigger MVNE drive. The Lenovo is the only company that I found that. And I get this. The last conversation I had with them, and I was very upset, they said, well, sir, uh, unfortunately, we're only going to be able to refund your money because our policy is after three replacements, we don't offer an additional replacement if it becomes misconfigured. And here, here's my answer to that. They have a policy they, for misconfigured three replacements? They have a policy. The fact that they have a policy of what to do after they send the wrong misconfigured computer to a customer more than three times is prima facie evidence that you have a larger systemic problem at your company that you need to yeah, fix. Yeah, yeah, I just, I am not, this is not complicated. And here's the, here's the, here's the most mind-boggling thing to me, Chris. I ordered this computer originally on their site, so I specified all of the components. All they need to do is follow the directions that the automated build thing tells them to put together, which is probably a robot. How do you screw that up? <laughs> I just, my <laughs> frustration level is so high. So later, um, Rakai and I, he is going to try and talk me into a Razer laptop. So we're going to go look at those and we'll see if we have the Microsoft. I think, I think you're probably going to find that the Galago Pro would be a good machine for you. I know yeah, for yeah, you, yeah. USB-C would be really nice USB-C, for charging. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the big thing. And, that's the, and again, the Lenovo 270, I mean, the USB-C charging and it had the, the regular Lenovo thing. So I could use all my old cords or I could use USB-C. I could dock with USB-C or I could dock with the regular docking port. Lenovo, ship me a laptop that I ordered and I'd, I'd be happy with it. But apparently yeah. that's not a thing that they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. All and right. I talked to other people that order <clears throat> Lenovo. I'm sorry. I talked to other people that order Lenovo laptops, and nobody is like shocked or surprised by this. They're like, "Yeah, that's that's, that's about how it goes." Yeah, it's just you know, you order laptops from Lenovo, and just they come misconfigured a lot. I'm like, three times. I'm like, yeah, just, they're not really known for that. It's just cancel the order and then just place a new one, and the the, the recounter starts over again. I uh, I'm left with feeling a little weird uh, as the Linux Action Show wraps. There's a bit of an irony in the studio <laughs> um, yeah, in multiple ways. 
Yeah, we are ironically <laughs> finally going to have all the Macs out of the studio right after about the last week of the Linux Action Show. Uh, we uh, will be on. Uh, we'll be. We'll be on anywhere we had Wirecast left. We'll be running OBS. What you got there, Noah? This is the sticker that I put a couple years ago above on the door. The, above the door, and I said I will stick this on the door. Yeah. When Jupiter Broadcasting Studios and that is a sticker, are running is Linux. Noah this switched me to Linux sticker. Yes. Yeah. So I get to put this on the door before I leave here. Yeah. Um, so and then <clears throat> the Mac that runs some uh, uh, proprietary Apollo mixer, which I maintain is one of the best mixers in the business, but it does require a Mac, so we're going to be getting rid of it, and it'll be we'll be switching to a mixer that actually runs Linux itself. Ironically, as last wraps up. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I I thought I thought I would use the opportunity of having this laptop to really go uh, all in on Lightworks for a while and. Uh, um, and try that and see what it was to throw performance at it. And then I also just because I wanted to have a completely balanced perspective, I wanted to compare that to Windows. So I loaded Lightworks on Windows and I loaded Premiere on Windows to just to kind of try to compare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I think I walked away and I realized that the uh, the type of editing that I do with uh, with color color graded 4K footage and whatnot mm-hmm. is is uh, still even with this amount of hardware. Um, the software isn't properly taking advantage of the GPU, so it's mm-hmm. still not there, which is just – it kills me to be replacing the Macs in this studio mm-hmm. and thinking for editing. I still feel like it's, it's, it's about an eight-year regression in what I feel like has been progress in editing tools. Mm-hmm. It would be about an eight-year regression to go to edit on Linux right now. Sure. And I, I, I think that number is pretty solid. Um, and that just is too much of a – even with $10,000 editing hardware – uh, I just find that to be t- – it's it's shocking to me that even – it's it, it, I and what it gave me was it gave me perspective in a, in a way that I haven't had in a long time on people that listen to this show but still mm-hmm. can't switch to Linux mm-hmm. because I'm like – I'm throwing – in theory, right? I didn't throw – I didn't have to spend the money but I'm ha- I have the opportunity to throw $10,000 with the hardware at it. I can throw any distro I want. Mm-hmm. I can even try Windows and I still found it to be inadequate. You know, and I, and I, but just one thing. Mm-hmm. And I walked away from that going – Maybe there's just going to be some workloads that Linux will never be king of. Like it's going to mm-hmm. it's going to destroy the mobile market. It's going to conquer the server industry. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great for a lot of us to use as our day to day driver on the desktop. Mm-hmm. It's just in everybody's toaster. But maybe there's some types of like workloads because they require such tight control over the hardware, the software, mm-hmm. and the drivers that run that hardware mm-hmm. that Linux is just inherently not capable of delivering that type of product. And when I had this hardware to just go all out mm-hmm. and still wind up with, wow, I'm still slower and less capable, mm-hmm. I, so I, me, had to, me, I felt like me, I had some empathy for me, people who see, don't want to switch. Let me, let me see if I can give you some encouraging uh, uh, thought perspective. Yeah. So okay. you have Dell that is very, very – like, I mean, they are ramping up Linux in a very serious way, like way more than we've seen before. It's no longer like one or two laptops. It's There are four different lines that are hardware-enabled, right? I mean, it is incredible the amount of money and effort that they're putting into this and – and so and so they are fully committed from the hardware perspective. And then on the other hand, you now have Canonical that is going to be working, essentially shipping the same desktop as Red Hat. You got those two people teaming up. And so the Linux desktop environment is going to get that much better and software within it is going to get that much better and be available for users. And then you have EditShare in the UK, which is a major company that is making non-linear editor software. And those guys are trying to revamp and say, OK, we need to remodel from the ground up and come up with the workflow that works for people that have digital workflows and you have all of these things coming together at one time 
together. And if if even if even a couple of those things line up and fall together, I think we'd set up. Yeah. I think we're set up to where what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of people that say, "I need to jump off the Mac," or I need, because I didn't like the the Apple hardware, which is another thing. You get people jumping off; they're looking where to jump, and all of a sudden, just like magically, the timing works out. We have we have a cohesive desktop environment. We have a hardware vendor, and now we have a video software vendor that are all just kind of saying we're right ready to jump in. Yeah. right at the time that people yeah. are jumping up. I think there's a chance so for this to work out. I agree with you 100 percent, except for I completely disagree with you. So <laughs> okay. what I mean by that is you are absolutely right in the sense that eventually I think some new product, some new market, some new work case uh-huh. is going to come along. All those things are going to line up, and it's going to be perfect. And I think that's that's just almost bound to happen over time as 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 all of these as all of these efforts sort of start to converge because it's not just it's not just the fact that GTK and Gnome and Red Hat and right. SUSE and and all these companies Canonical are working on this it's also right. the fact that we have the most standardized uh, Linux kernel shipping that we've ever had in a long yes. time because the distros yes. are all kind of landing on the same uh-huh. we have systemd throughout we have a lot we have a lot of things happening we have flat pack we mm-hmm. have snaps like a lot of things are happening to to smooth out a lot of that to make it really ripe for some new work case to come along mm-hmm. the thing i think that i've realized about that particular argument is the reason why it never works for existing workloads that are like that maybe adobe already owns or mm-hmm. apple already owns mm-hmm. is those are not stagnant targets. Like while we're yes. catching up and we're going to get yes. there. They're doing they're, something else ahead. Yeah. And so like when I say edit share is eight years behind, mm-hmm. they're eight years behind while their comp- competition is also still moving forward. Yes. And that's why I sometimes think in your scenario, if I was if I was buying the f- in the, into the future, yes. I, I, would, I would agree with you. But mm-hmm. because there's people that want to get work done today mm-hmm. – it but really it, – I don't think it ever actually works out that way because people just keep buying what's available today. Yeah. They continue to make revenue. They continue to invest in their product mm-hmm. and that commercial product continues to be successful and that's why GIMP hasn't replaced Photoshop. Right. That's why Premiere hasn't been uh, surpassed by Blender or Canyon mm-hmm. Live or mm-hmm. After Effects hasn't been replaced by Blender. Nitro. All these things, right? Yeah. You get my or, uh, yeah, yeah. or our door with audition, right? Right. But I think I think what you're seeing is I think that you're seeing less effort being put forward. I mean, Apple has put up a lot of roadblocks to creative content producers. It you know started with the Mac Pro in the trash can, you mm-hmm. buy this extra yep, capture yep. thing, and 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 if you look at it, in some ways it is happening, right? Because if you look at things like OBS, OBS is very quickly becoming yes. the de facto standard for broadcast in a lot of different yep, places yep. where it wasn't. And I think as as we just we climb ahead in little areas, even if we stay stagnant in the others, I think over time. I think we'll eventually get good enough that you, that you'll at least reduce that friction to the point that I think mm-hmm. I think it may become possible. For yeah, OBS people. is a is a great example. I think mm-hmm. very much so. I think the you know the trash can has has helped uh, sort of make people look for other places, but I think the mm-hmm. only place they've gone is Windows. Yeah, right now and to anyway, Premiere yeah. and whatnot. But. I think Adobe. I think there's a chance a Premiere may come over to Linux at some point. God, it, I'll tell I you what. Even if, even if it's a few years, in my in my opinion, even mm-hmm. if it's a few year reversion in workflow, mm-hmm. I would for that for Premiere, I would do it because the the other thing we don't ever talk about is, I you know it, Premiere learning in Premiere is an employable skill. Oh, and if yeah, that's oh, available, yeah. if you can learn Premiere on Linux, mm-hmm. then you can actually go out and get a job mm-hmm. doing that. And that that matters in a whole different way mm-hmm. than we usually talk about. But you 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 know, you look at Dell Dell um 
there, there are there. Are, you know, we know from talking to the people at Dell that there are a lot of people that are in that hardware community that are trying to find software mm-hmm. solutions to make their hardware platform more valuable, more valuable because people need a reason to buy expensive hardware. And they know that the those that they're not having a lot of success with that on Windows. And so, as Dell is doubling down on Linux, I kind of wonder if something may not work out. Well, I was looking. I was reviewing some of our interview footage, like you know, like the interstitial mm-hmm. stuff between the interviews, and sure. a couple of times. When we were doing the interview with the hardware folks, they're like, mm-hmm. so tell me about uh, tell me about what you think Final Cut does better than Premiere. Yeah. Tell me what you think Premiere does better than Light. Right. Tell me why you like, you know, they were they were fishing for that kind yeah. of stuff, trying to figure out what would it take to get this type of workflow onto Linux. Right. So, and they have some clout, too. If they, if you know, it, it doesn't mean anything when you or I go to Adobe and say, would you port? But if, if Dell goes to them and say, hey, listen, we want to strike a deal, you guys port the software over and we'll ship these $10,000 laptops for video editing stations, give deals, work deals out with universities for film labs and stuff like that. Boom. Now now we're really moving places. So what are you going to do? Are you going to adopt the dongle lifestyle or are you going to try to find a laptop with an so Ethernet port? So, so that's, the, that's the thing. The thing is, as a company, I, I don't like Lenovo. I didn't really start. I didn't really particularly care for them to begin with. Now I actively dislike yeah, them. Yeah, well, I would imagine. And, <laughs> That's and annoying, on, dude. And on that reason alone, I would really like to just buy an XPS and be done with it. I've done b- business with Dell for 10 years, and I've never they've never burned me. I, I've been very happy with them. That said... Galico has an Ethernet port. It does, but it also has a barrel connector for the power. Yeah, that's Just true. not... Yeah, yeah. So the... Um, so at the moment, I'm going to wait... Mostly, then, then the other part of me, and I know this is going to come a shock to you, Chris, as well as the entire community... But anytime somebody tries to anytime somebody tries to, to tell me one thing, I, I'm gonna I'm going to try to fight the opposite, right? Sure. So I mean and I know that's shocking. Yeah, I know. Sure. Yeah. But it's because weird. they're telling me that they won't replace the they won't issue a third repla- a fourth replacement, kinda wanna make them issue a fourth replacement just because they said they wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I could see I could see you pushing it. I could see you pushing it. Because that <laughs> so is a we'll good see. laptop for you with the gra- I could see you making it work. Just call up and you know what you need to do is have Sarah call up. She, oh, yeah. They probably do it for her. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. She's not as patient as I am. I, she she they, they, she might get more upset with them than I would. Well, uh, my quest um, my quest does not end actually. Yeah, mine at, either. At this point, uh, and I, I I don't really know uh, where I'll where I'll wind up. It's 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 fun in some sense to try to figure it out because I imagine there's other people out there in the industry that are trying to get this. So it's mm-hmm. the the host of Linux actions are going through this in some way are valuable because it gives a sort of perspective on other people that are trying to do this. Right. So I'm glad in some ways that we're doing it, but in other ways I'm like I just want to get to work. And I do. I feel like I haven't been able to edit since we got back from Dell because I don't have a machine I want to edit on. And I'll say this too. I and I I want to you know. Um, I guess express some empathy and and some pity for some of the our viewers out there because the reality is that you and I are very blessed to have access to a lot of machines that you know that we can try and play and see how things work out that yeah. other people that's just not in they just they have no way to do that. So you and between the two of us we have managed to go from everything from the the entry level $200 HP all the way up to a $10,000 laptop and just about every laptop in between mm-hmm. and see how things work out mm-hmm. and then be able to present that. So can can you imagine doing this where you have, you know, maybe $1,000 mm-hmm. to spend one time? Yeah. It'd That's really why this, these little matter. details, they, I think they really matter, and the mm-hmm. little the little shortcomings and the little positives really matter, too. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we try to cover it. But Okay, that's the Linux Action Show's look at our woes and wins with recent Linux laptops. And now it's time for... The Picks! That's right. We've been waiting all episode to tell you what runs Linux. You're going to love this one, Noah. This cloud-enabled Wi-Fi router... Runs Linux. Go ahead, cloud connector, Chris. Tell me what this cloud connected router running well, cloud it, stuff. It cloudy, runs cloudifies. Debian Linux, uh-huh. and uh, it has just recently added very nice and very robust VPN support. So how about that? I know you like robust VPN support. It's a Rokus, a Rokos. It's R O O 
No, I'm sorry. Single O. R O K O S. Isn't it G O S? I I need you. Q O S. Okay. All right. I, I, I need you to look at that right there. See that right there? Yeah. R, I need you to read that. What's it say? What's that? Is I that a G or an R? Right okay. there. All right. Okay. Right there. All right. Right there. Okay. It's not touchscreen, just so you know. Oh, uh, is it a G or an R? I, I think it's. I think it's an R. I think it's right an R. Rokos. Rokos Core. It's a uh, it's a pretty f- it's a pretty fancy little like consumer type deal. It's got a gigabit uh, hub built into the son of a gun. Dude, there's no R in there. Seriously, I'm agreeing with you because I, I'm afraid to. Like, but look, there's look, no R. There's look, right there. R O K O S. That's not a. That's a Q. Oh yeah, Q. Yeah, I sorry. thought that's what you were saying. But, but yeah, you okay. said G. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to. Doesn't the, matter how you say it. Welcome the- to the Dyslexia Action Show, where we <laughs> attempt to read instead of cover news. Uh, this is why we had to shut it down because we could never figure it out. We could never learn how to read. I was thinking it was because there was too much cloud. Yeah, it was way too much cloud. Uh, so it's an Android device that runs Debian, they say. No, actually, it supports Android devices and iOS devices to manage it. It's got dynamic DNS so that way if your ISP be changing your uh, IP, it'll handle that. Four gigabit Ethernet ports as well as USB 3 and an HDMI port. It also offers Wi-Fi. What in the world do you need an HDMI port for in your router? Think about it, dude. Maybe it could also be a little media set-top box or something. It's got a one gigabyte Debian Linux stack on it, so you got room to put Cody on there. I mean, OVS, and includes packages like MondoDB, obviously, obviously Squid, Bind, Nginx, IPPerf, and your favorite, OpenVPN. So people <laughs> that are worried about like their ISP selling their information and stuff. Mm-hmm. So with the cloud, with the, so you're probably wondering, hey, Chris, what does the cloud stuff do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can do things like limit kids' internet usage time. You get reporting features. You Mm -hmm. can uh, set up your VPN stuff real easy peasy. Uh, You pay $89 for activation plus 17 monthly service Uh for 12 months. Or you can just purchase the device outright. So not only is it a cloud, it's a cloud subscription service. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they will do – they'll let you set parental controls. They'll do regular old updates, good old-fashioned updates for you. And uh, all that kind of stuff. And you could manage it from an app, Noah, from an app. In my day, son, we had a console port with an RS-232 DB9 connector, and you plug that in, and, and you shut the baud rate, and you did your configuration from a terminal. And if the cable came out, then you plugged it back in, because it was just a serial string. I'm just not. No, no. We used to call the Intel Atom chip Mattel inside, <laughs> and I wouldn't be caught dead with an Intel on my edge. Yeah, I understand. I'm I just understand. not. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, you're not, not buying the it. cloud. Yeah, just. Uh, it's stop. weird. It's like I thought maybe you'd have a different reaction no, somehow. No, I thought the, maybe, my reaction to the cloud is always. I thought the maybe same. the HDMI port would push it over for you. I thought maybe the the twenty bucks a month service would do it for you. I <laughs> yeah, thought that well, surely gets you excited. That's very. Yeah, it gets me excited. All right, just uh, you know. <laughs> And the I want to strangle the people that made this kind of work. It also has a random SATA port on it. Just right there. You see that? <laughs> that's good. That's that's good. So that I, you know, I really – one thing I really like about my Edge device that's responsible for the security of my entire network it's is random ability to yeah. put data in and out sure. of the device. Look, well, I, you might want to put great. Cody on it. Oh, yeah. That's, so, that's what I want on my Edge device yeah, is Cody. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe actually save some time with a Plex on there. Let me tell you what doesn't save some time. What's that? Counterattack. Have you heard of this? Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh oh. So is this, you remember is this one of them video games? You remember Race the Sun, right? Yeah, of course I now, do. Race I'm 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 a fan of Race the Sun. Race the Sun is a great program for just I want to have mindless entertainment. I want to sit down and I want to think about nothing and just play. That's what Race the Sun is. Counterattack, very much the same thing. It is a completely mindless side scroller space shooter. Space shooter. I just you, you go and you just you shoot things. Did you ever play Math Blaster back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Math Blaster. It, it reminds me a lot of Math Blaster. Yeah. Okay. You just go and you shoot these little things as Up they to come. Eight player you. online co op. 
that's great. Whoa, that's kind of that's kind of cool. This is this reminds me of an old like uh, Super NES or NES style game if they had modern graphics. That's and, what I like. About yeah, it. and and if you don't play on on the cloud, then there's no cloud required. You can just play the game. Oh, you're doing the cloud. <laughs> you're doing the cloud thing again. You're doing the cloud thing again. So that that's Counter Attack. It's in the Steam Store. Came out uh, about a year ago. It's uh, eight bucks. So that's not bad. I thought maybe I had to solve a problem. Okay. I had to solve. Uh, I mean, like legit solve a problem. I had to solve Steam on 4K. Uh, on oh, this yeah. 17-inch screen on a 4K display, Steam is itty-bitty tiny, mm-hmm. which in some ways is actually really nice because I can just put it like in a small spot on my screen. It doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. take up a whole – I kind of like that. I mm-hmm. actually kind of like it being all scaled down, mm-hmm. but you can't read Jack. Mm-hmm. So there is a theme that I have linked in the show notes, and it doesn't do much, but it does give everything a slightly larger font size. The menus, the store text, everything, your library text – so it's a little easier to read the names of things, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's not very hard you, to install it. Do you know what I did with this beautiful, crisp 4K display that Dell is loading me? I <laughs> changed the resolution to 1080p. <laughs> I did. And the thing is, you know, and the thing is, <clears throat> there's a lot of people, yourself <clears throat> included, even myself, that said, <clears throat> you, you can't set the resolution down anymore. It'll become all fuzzy. It actually, if it looks, I told you. I would not have known. If I, I told you this known. is a 1080p display, you'd go, oh, it's a 1080p it, display. It looks, it looks like it's in running at native resolution. Whatever right. they, whatever black magic they did to make that happen. Because when I try to set this thing to a lower resolution, I get bars on the side of my screen. Yeah. I, no, got, I get native res or nothing. I'm just, I'm a real fan of 1080p. And the real thing is, is even if, even if everything was perfectly optimized for 4K, I don't personally believe that 4K belongs on a 13-inch display. I think that the the resolution to screen ratio on a 13-inch is too much. And uh, the no, same, what I you say not, the same what thing. You need, no, what you need, brah, is you just need a pixel, everything pixel doubled on a 13-inch, and it looks good. It looks real good, brah. Have you seen Ubuntu Mate has uh, high DPI yeah. screenshots? And yeah, but there are certain applications that won't respect that. So like my, my Simple Help Technician Console, um, because it's a Java app. Oh, come on. You're uh, coming at me with I'm, this. I'm just telling you, man. This is yeah, how are you going to run that on Wayland, too? That's probably going to work great on Wayland. <laughs> probably. You not. just enjoy that. Hey, should we try it? Yeah, we could. It's got Intel graphics. We should try it. We could try it. We could give it. A, we should find out. You know, at some point, it's going to matter what apps don't work anymore under that kind of stuff. It's gonna. It's going to matter. All right. So, uh, you know what else matters? The cloud. Turns out, it does matter. Despite what Noah tells you, there's only one. There's only one way to make it better. And I think Noah would agree on this. Roll it on your own, under your own control, on your own terms, on a great infrastructure. That's right. Digital Ocean. Go over to DigitalOcean.com and sign up. And when you sign up. Apply our promo code, here's the thing, all one word, and you'll get a $10 credit. They have a great infrastructure. It's all Linux-based. Nice. They're using KVM, the one true virtualizer hypervisor. The one true virtualizer. I was just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. Right. just saying. I mean, you could use Hyper-V, I guess. They got SSDs for all of the storage, including the block storage, which you can attach from one terabyte up to 16 terabytes. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, one gigabyte. Uh, they have machines that run from 512 megs of RAM up to 220-something gigs of RAM. It's such a slick system, and they wrap it all up with this really nice interface. They uh, they they really went all out with this. I don't really think there's many other people that have ever been able to compete. And I'm talking like after years and years and years and years and years of virtualization being a thing, nobody nobody got this right. One of the new features they've rolled out, and you can learn more about it at their site, is monitoring. Huge. This makes a one-person shop or a 10-person shop or a 100-person shop able to stay on top of a tiny infrastructure or a massive infrastructure. You can get droplet performance stats. You can receive alerts when there's problems. You can stay ahead of things if you have clients on here. Noah sitting here has his clients on DigitalOcean as back-end infrastructure from time to time. I do. This is absolutely something that AltaSpeed could take advantage of to see when client systems go on offline. 
Uh, this is something we could use to see when one of the SATCOM servers is being pushed to capacity. Mm-hmm. And it's just integrated right in with the DigitalOcean interface. It's so slick. It's like the CDN. It's like the you high know, memory stuff, the block storage, everything they do. I was going to save this for another week, but would you like a bonus app pick? Yeah, sure. Would you? All right. So one of the issues that you have is what happens, Chris? What do you do if you want to deploy a bunch of things on a digital o- ocean droplet very, very quickly? Like you wanted to do like the same thing over 10. Or maybe you have a client. Mm-hmm. Maybe you work for AltaSpeed Technologies. And I'm not using the API? Am I doing it in the web UI? Or yeah, well, using... you want to use the API. Oh, okay. but, 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 but let's say you want to. Let's say you want. that's to, how I would do it. Yeah. Let's say you want to set up. A, a, like, a, do you have like script food to make that happen? Uh, I have something better. Ooh. Let's say you wanted to set up. A, let's say you wanted to set something up in such a way where I'm I, so excited because we do the same thing for one customer and then another customer and then another customer. I just want to tell my employees to log into a web console, click a button, and it will automatically provision you, me ten you digital just, ocean droplets. You just pasted a YouTube video in the chat room. That, is that what that is? You pasted is that, a is, U- that, is that a YouTube yeah, video? Because yeah. here's the thing. See, when I right click on this stuff, I expect to copy link. Yeah. Then. Yeah, yeah. And then that's supposed to paste that. There, there, there you we go. go. Oh, I know about this, actually. So welcome to commando.io. Oh! And what commando.io yeah, is, is for, I think, five bucks a month, you can log in and you can add your DigitalOcean droplets to this service. And basically, it is complete management, uh, a, a, a command execution history, uh, tracking, uh, logging. All of this stuff is built into, it's like a dashboard for DigitalOcean's dashboard. It's like they've, they've, they've taken what DigitalOcean had that was great, took their API, and made it even better. And so what we're using this for at UltraSpeed is we have... Works got, across other providers, too. We have, I'd say once a week, somebody emails us and they'll say, uh, what does it cost to get NextCloud set up, right? And I send them the price, and here's, here's what happened to me. And I, I can actually I can go back and show you some of these emails. It's kind of funny. Oftentimes, I either won't hear back from people for a couple weeks, or if I do hear back from them, they'll say, really, that seems kind of expensive. And then they go sit down and try and do it themselves, and they go, oh... Yeah, that's actually pretty reasonable. But what we've done now is we've gotten to a point where we are able to use this commando.io and just have a setup thing that where we can go through and get it kind of roughly set up, and then we just go back and kind of tweak it. It works, to the best of my knowledge, with DigitalOcean as well as other providers, too. Mm-hmm. So if you have a couple cool. other ones that you want to stick in there, Command.io. Mm-hmm. Nice. Came uh, from the beard. Yeah, that, that API. That API. Right. That's really once you get pro level with DigitalOcean. But right. you can start. they got great documentation, too. Total beginners or pros. It's going to work for you. Oh. Or in a team, too. Popey's calling me out. You, you, can you guess what his question is? What's that? So right after I get done ragging on cloud, then I just recommended a cloud Command service. Oh, we all noticed. Cloud service. We all noticed. <laughs> we all noticed. DigitalOcean.com is promo code. Here's the thing. Um, Noah. Yes, sir. Noah. No, I got Chris. I got lots of picks for you over, over at the jupiterbroadcasting.com slash last picks. And I think we'll leave all of those up for a while okay. after we after we I think they should be wrap up the show. So uh, we have I, I have I thought maybe we'd do like a little bit of updates on the Linux on the Linux Action News show that yes. we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some updates on Ask Noah, plus some feedback. So mm-hmm. are you ready are you ready to do all that? I'm ready to do all that. All right, let's go do the feedback. And that brings us to the end of this week's broadcast. And before we go, we want to give you a few updates, cover some emails that came in and all of that stuff. So let's start with uh, the Linux Action News Show. That's the new name is Linux Action News. LAN, I like that acronym. I'm all about that. And we have a website. It's very, very early days. It's just a placeholder right now, linuxactionnews.com. Of course, it'll also be published at jupiterbroadcasting.com. You have to promise me to call meetups LAN parties. Dude, that's brilliant. We will. That's <laughs> a great to, idea. That's a great idea. The RSS feed is is up right now at linuxactionnews.com if you want to grab it. And there will be more posted there as it gets closer, probably uh, coming soon. We we have a rough release date planned now. 
and awesome. we have all that kind of stuff lined up. So how's Ask Noah going? It's good. So we have four ep- or we have uh, three episodes on the books. It's not four. No, no, it's okay. three. Yeah, we wow. three three episodes on the books, and the, and and the fourth one will be here in the studio. Fourth one will yeah, be here in the right. studio yeah. tomorrow. Um, so again, if you guys have technology questions or you want to discuss your opinions on technology questions, give us a call toll free. You can call from any country. I've gotten that question a lot. One eight five five four five zero Noah. That's six six two four. One eight one eight five five four five zero four five zero six six two four. Yeah, and the or one eight five five four five zero Noah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, live times are it's uh, six p.m. Central. That's four p.m. Or no, what is I'm all I'm all screwy now. It's six p.m. Central. That's four p.m. Pacific. At seven p.m. Eastern. Yeah, but you could just go to JupiterBroadcasting.com/slash/calendar and have that yeah. all sorted out for you. Yeah. So we got a good flow of people that are mailing in questions and telegramming in questions. Yep. Would like be, it'd be good though to get more calls coming in. We'd like to get some more calls, and you have an opportunity because it's going to be like an Ask Noah marathon. So we're doing an episode tomorrow. We'll be doing an episode the following Monday, and then we'll be doing an episode live from Linux Fest Northwest. So it'll be like an Ask Noah sandwich. That's going to be cool. Week. Yeah, yeah. Linux Fest Northwest is coming up May sixth uh, and seventh. Mm-hmm. We're going to be live there doing the last episode of Linux Action Show, a live Ask Noah, and I think we'll be doing some other things that we'll tell you more about as that gets closer. So if you're going to be in the area, I'd love to say say hi. So I'll give you a sneak peek tomorrow. You know what we're talking about. Ryzen and VPSs. Ooh. Yeah, so it should be a good show. Yeah, Ryzen's uh, Ryzen's probably a much requested topic. It's Ryzen, for yeah. sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, I see what you did there. You can send your questions into this show while it's still on the air. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact and choose Linux Action Show from the dropdown. Also, user airs out there too. You can grab the user air feed. That'll be another show that's replacing the Linux Action Show. And you, you can subscribe to that. So all of the replacement shows, quote unquote, replacements, if that's a fair term, I don't know, uh, user Air, Ask Noah, and Linux Action News all have RSS feeds you can go subscribe to now. Here's If if you haven't listened to User Air, or even if you didn't, you didn't like it, now is the time to go back and listen to it. Because the next episode that we do, I just, I have a, like, from the way that we're talking about it, I feel like it's going to be one of the best episodes of User Maybe. Air. Maybe. We've, we've got a lot of pent-up User Air topics. Yeah. We've got a lot yeah. to choose from. And we got a lot of really <laughs> cool things that might be happening outside of that. So if the, if you if you haven't listened to it before, now's the time to get started. If you have listened to it and it wasn't quite for you, give us one more shot. Check out the next episode that's going to come out. I would imagine sometime during the next couple weeks, right? Soonish, yeah. I mean, yeah. right now I want to I want to put all of our thoughts and energy into the last episode, last couple episodes yeah. of last yeah. and Linux Fest cuz just that is a right. huge undertaking, just right. Linux Fest. Mm-hmm. So, we don't have anything like we're not making any major plans for last because we just really want to focus on having a great time at Linux Fest and really enjoying our last Linux Fest. Right. That's kind of our plan right now. Yeah. But I think with all of the folks we're going to have around and all of the people we have kicking around ideas, we'll probably – I mean I would imagine it's going to be pretty much – I would love to have it like the next week after last. Just yeah. The user yeah, I don't out. know when it gets released, but I'm just saying something mm. I would imagine. Oh, in the next couple of weeks absolutely gets recorded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So that's yeah. the one you want to hear. So much good stuff we're working on. Uh, you can find out live times like Noah said at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. You can follow the network for announcements and news and show releases at Jupiter Signal. I'm at Chris Les. No, no, no. We we got a couple more things. So the oh, H- we have the, the feeds. Feeds are going to be changing from the oh, HD you're feed. Right. Yeah, the RSS feed is going to go purely HD. So that's something they need to be aware of. Yeah, and so that's that's boy, boy. We probably should have even mentioned that sooner in the show. If you subscribe to the all shows feed, video feed, all of that stuff's going to switch over to 720p. It's going to be it's going to be uh, well encoded, so it's not like it's going to be huge files. We're gonna we're gonna we're trying. We've been working on that, and uh, so we're gonna drop like the 360p video uh, from mm-hmm. the all shows feed, and so the other shows you subscribe to that have video, yeah, 
Yeah. In fact, we also have – we probably should also do some emails and yeah, all that sure. stuff. But I'm at Chris LAS. Uh, I'm he's, at Colonel Linux. And you can follow Ask Noah. Ask Noah Show. And yep. I think there will be – it's not really configured yet, but there will be an at Linux Action News Twitter account too. Nice. Yeah. All right. So why don't we – before we get into the email, let's okay. thank System76 because we were talking a little bit earlier about the Galago Pro. Well, that's up for pre-order right now. You can save $50. Go to System76.com. They have the Oryx Pro with GTX 10 series dedicated graphics in it. What a monster. And, of course, some beautifully built desktops with lots of headroom and performance. Go to System76.com. Get a machine designed, built, created, born to run Linux. And then when you check out, tell them that Noah switched you to Linux. They've also got servers, which I think is probably one of the things that you, you land on once you've realized they make incredible great desktops and workstations and laptops. And then you're like, well, let's just go System76, all the things. That's what I would suspect because once you get hooked, I've been a customer for more than 10 years. System76.com. Go there. Did they update the Meerkat? They did. It's a new model of the Meerkat. Look at that. That's nice. That's really nice. That's really nice. With a 7th gen Intel. I would, I would totally use that. Oh, that is a slick little – see, we should – you know, Did you know the Meerkat is what Carl uses? Yeah, I did know that. I did. I saw CEO on of the company, choice of any computer that they want, of any machine they make, and he, that's what he uses. It's a perfectly reasonable machine, actually. It's kind of amazing, mm-hmm. especially, if you, especially if you can get into an eGPU. But that is a topic for a future show. System76.com. Go there. Check them out. If you get a rig, tell them that Noah switched you to Linux. Now, there was some BSD question we had. No, it's not a BSD question. <laughs> so while you were gallivanting around the nation and uh, – Oh, yeah. And then you <laughs> – the nation, <laughs> and you left, and you left Alan and I to do your work. Uh, we we got into an interesting discussion. Oh, that sounds unusual. And, and, yeah, and it, it went something like this. Alan said, "What does Linux do when you run out of letters for the drive? Like, does it just double up, or does it not know what to do and just does not recognize those drives, or does Linux just suck so much that nothing works at all and you'll have to install BSD?" And the, somebody wrote in, and they have an answer to that. And so they sent us a screenshot, which I'm going to paste here in the chat room because there's no other good way to get unbelievable, Chris, Noah. Chris, unbelievable. No other way to get Chris good uh, a good link to be able to Can't put up on the screen. Believe you but what like this that. is, this is what happens when you exceed the 26 uh, drive, uh, 26 limit drive. Oh, is okay. It starts to actually yes, it doubles up the letter, so you get SDAA, SDA, yeah. a, you know, yep, AB, whatever. Yep. S-D-A-B-C, S-D-A-C, yeah, S-D-A-D, S-D-A-E. Cool. So that there you go. How did? Why does he have that many drives? Did he say? <laughs> no, he did. He just that said, feels like the important part of the of the uh, of the email. Well, oh, I left think out. it's important. He says he says I'm a BSD user. My my company uses Linux. A Attach- frowny face. Love it. <laughs> He's got a frowny face. Of for using course Linux. he does. Attaches the output of dev SD star for a Linux server with 57 drives. So I would imagine it's probably a pretty important server if it's got 57. Yeah. Drives. Yeah. And I, and it, it makes him sad that it's running Linux. I it know. makes him sad. I know. Wow. Well, us, us Baggio, Linux. Thank you for letting us know. I thought I had seen that before. Yeah, so, I haven't. I've never. I've never gone over twenty six drives. I could see it if you had like a bunch of virtual disks too, or something like that. It'd oh yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd be it'd be easy to pop that. Hmm. All right. There you go. And you can uh, you can uh, send us your questions at the contact page or just email us directly. Linux Action Show at Reddit dot com. All right. Is that everything we've got for today's episode? Now you are free to dismiss the show. All right, get us out of here. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Linux Action Show. It's time for us to go get Indian food. We have one more episode in studio. That'll be next week. And then we'll see you live from Linux Fest Northwest. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you right back here next week. I really think I think 
the way to state it is, is I was I uh, there is a huge market for a very powerful machine running Linux, like mm-hmm. engineering, scientific, and certain types of high end uh, industrial graphics. Uh, what I was hoping for is that some of the applications I use, like video editing, uh, right. compression, consumer transcoding, stuff. yeah, yeah, uh, consumer stuff and prosumer stuff. I mean, it's not average people that are probably you know importing 4K footage and trying to transcode it to ProRes, right? right. Um, I was hoping for improvements there, and mm-hmm. I, I found really minimal. What, the really improvements you get were fast disks, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that this thing can turbo boost to 4.2 gigahertz and hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, for single-threaded applications, that's really nice. That's really, But you don't, you don't have to go with a specific configuration to get that. Uh, I do think the three drives makes it nice for storage. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I would love to have seen more of the median workload applications and games that are available for Linux mm-hmm. be able to take better advantage of it. And I'm sure with Vulkan and, and, and future applications, it'll get there. There you go. That's probably a different way to say it. Oh, there we go. I found myself. Uh, all right. It's the Linux Action Show, and it begins right now. And by begins, I mean it's the pick segment. Beard in three. Yep. In. Get up. I just feel like it's on the wrong shot. I'm, I haven't started yet. Oh, I was about to. Well, start. You were counting down. Yeah, and then I was but usually when to my shot, and I was going to say, and now it's time for, and then I was going to do. Oh, because usually, oh, usually we're not in studio together. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. In a three. In a two. And now it's time for the news. <laughs> It's not the news. It's how did that happen? How did that? How did we just have a? I don't know. <laughs> did this? Did I just witness a glitch in the matrix? All right, here we go. In three. It is green. In two. And now it's time for the picks. I feel like normally what I would do if you weren't here is I'd like I need to go to the bathroom or get a cup of water. Yeah, and you have to fart and then, then yeah, then you have to stand around. Then you, then you put the camera on me and say no, entertain the live stream, and then you'd be gone. Then I would be. No, then I, mean, I can still do that. Yeah, here, no, entertain the live stream. It won't be the same because see, <laughs> what I would do is I'd be talking to them and then I'd be and then I would be, do this thing like I would end my sentences with like something that you could jump in if you wanted to, and then mm. when you didn't, I'd continue on to the next mm. one. It's very mm. awkward. Mm. Much easier when you. Mm. Do this. Mm. 